Hey guys, I'm Brad. I'm Lisa. And welcome to Unrunned to Pursuit. We just want to invite you guys into real unedited conversations about real life topics that affect your marriage. Yeah, guys, we are passionate about training and equipping marriages to succeed through God. What's up, guys? Welcome back to season six. How are we doing today, baby? Tired. Yeah, I know you are. We'll get into it a little bit. (laughs) Okay, we want to start off this week with the same thing we do every single week, which Mm -hmm. is a review from one of you guys. Yet again, thank you guys for taking the time to do this. It really does mean a lot to us, and it helps other people to find us, which is amazing. So this is from AK Mountain Mama. It says, God's timing. The timing of me finding your podcast is a true testament. Listening to you gives me a sense of calm and hope. You are real people with real life issues that are so relatable. Thank you. Thank you for being so authentic, open and honest and just lovely people. That's cool. Isn't that sweet? Mm-hmm. I'm like AK Mountain Mama. I may want I mean this sounds just like a like a like a cool name to have, you know? I think it's like Arkansas. I'm just saying like Mountain Mama. Like yeah. I like it. So you, you, you can so. give us a shout out on on Insta so I know who, yeah. who I can so I can see who you are, Mountain Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Bradman is definitely um, tired today, and yeah. we're gonna trust the Holy Spirit to give yeah. us the strength. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he came back uh, what just nine, jet lag. Hour, nine hour time difference. Yeah, like I got in at. Sunday morning, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Easter. And, and it's, it's Monday right now. And it's Monday, so <laughs> definitely still adjusting. And but, we got to be together for Easter, though, so that was, yeah, that that was, was awesome. Good. Hope all of you guys had a day where you really took the time to celebrate what Jesus did yeah. for each and every one of us. I hope, I hope you took the time to do that. It was a good Easter for us. Mm-hmm. No, it was a lot of fun. Okay, my love. Yeah. So it's let's your get topic. Started. Yeah. It's not mine. Well, it's our topic, baby. Mm. It's our topic. So I think what what often happens with us when it comes to topics that we choose is if we repeatedly have something come up yeah. on coaching calls or, you know, just things like that. I feel like we we just feel like, okay, let's do an episode on this. Yeah. And this is one that um I think has actually happened quite a bit for both of us, is just the I want to say just am I enough, but we're going to get into what that means. But this kind of cry in someone's heart, I think, of wanting to be enough for their spouse. Yeah. I feel like you have deep thoughts in your head that you want to share on this. I don't. (laughs) I I mean, not yet. Like, we'll talk about this. I don't don't know. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times what I hear from, from women and... Yeah, you'll have to remind me because you do a lot of coaching individually. Yes. I was halfway across the globe yes. <laughs> the past the week. So. It's true. <laughs> and just in general, there's, yeah. you know, obviously I'm a woman and, and know what it's like to walk this mm-hmm. path. So it helps to have someone who knows what that's like. Yeah. But it, oftentimes, and we hear it in both our our couples and individual sessions is just this question of wanting to be enough for your spouse. Like, am I not enough that you would have done this, that you would have, Mm. you know, typically we're dealing with, you know, people who are in a crisis mode in their marriage. And so there's this, this longing within someone's heart to know, like, why would you do this? And was I not enough for you? Yeah. But I, I mean, just the, like the answer, am I not enough? Like, no, I'm not. I'm not enough. Like, no, you're not enough. And that's it for today, folks. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the that's the you know the answer no one wants to hear, right? Like, that's what. But nobody wants to hear that. No, that you're not enough. But you're not. You're not enough for your spouse. You're not meant to be enough for your spouse. And that's the the general idea that we want people to totally soak into. To- mm-hmm into today because I think in our own humanity, we want to feel like we can be enough for someone else. No, of course. Now let me, uh, what did I say? Like last yesterday when I was trying to talk and I was all slow and I was like, let me preface. And Mm -hmm. Lisa's like preface. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I don't know why I said preface. (laughs) But you spell it preface. (laughs) Exactly. No, let me preface this by saying though, like your your spouse is not enough for you, 
but that doesn't mean you f- you're not filling it with you know garbage right so and good. and it's not you're not filling with garbage to fill that gap this isn't an excuse like oh that's why he cheated on me oh that's why she cheated on me that's why mm-hmm. you know my spouse left that's why this that's why they're an alcoholic. That's why that's not. Yeah. It's not about at. the lack in you. <clears throat> that's it's, not the cliffhanger of saying like, oh, no, you're not enough. That's not what we're getting at. You have to. God is. Jesus is the only one that's enough for you. Mm-hmm. And so no one else can fill that gap, that hole. And if you're trying to fill that hole with your spouse, it's it's not going to work. Or anything else. Or anything. But we're mm-hmm. talking about right. spouse. No, like, but what I was saying with that is. The reason why I bring that up is because especially a betrayed spouse is wondering like, why was I not enough for you? What was Mm -hmm. a lack in me that caused you to do this? And really it's this reality of this, this lack in, in when you are trying to fill that space with Mm -hmm. things other than God. And what happens is that someone is trying to fill that space and they're like, oh, okay, well, I'm not quote unquote happy here. Or I, um, you know, just have taken these many stops many small steps in the wrong direction. And then they begin to try to fill that space that's mm-hmm. meant to be filled by God with something else or someone yeah. else. And then it's like this insatiable hole. It's just like, it just gets bigger and deeper and darker instead of doing what God designed us, which is to go to him and allow him to fill that space. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think you exactly are right. And literally we could end the, the episode yeah. just with that. It's like, you are not meant to be enough for your spouse. Yeah. I think I've said this in maybe a past episode, and I always say that because I feel like there's things that, I, you know, it's all kind of like a continuous running story. Yeah. You know, like a lot of it bleeds together just because that's, Our style. that's just part of what happens. <laughs> but, you know, years ago, I was uh, I had the opportunity to run a, a men's group. Um, I said run like but facilitate, right? Yeah. Facilitate a run of men. Facilitate a men's group. And um, it, it was an awesome experience. It was the first time I'd ever really done that, you know, and it led in a spiritual realm type of environment, right? And we got done with the first session. And first of all, the sessions ran themselves. It wasn't like I was this, I wasn't a pastor mm-hmm. or, you know, I wasn't preaching or anything that just ran itself. But we got done one day and, uh, one of the guys stayed back after we were done and uh, he was, he was like, I need to ask you a question. I'm like, fire off, man. Like whatever you got to ask me. And uh, he said, I don't have friends and I have a hard time doing this because I'm always let down. And I think he was expecting like this amazing, like, I don't know, f- <laughs> father like you know hug like I'll ne- I promise I'll never let you down you know and I was like well man I'm gonna let you down too and he just looked at me like what's going on and I was like I'll, I'm gonna try not to but I, I 100% will let you down yeah. like it's gonna happen I don't know I don't really I didn't really know him you know so I didn't know what was going on but I was like I can't I can't be what you're looking for yeah I can't be enough yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And I, and then I told him the next, you know, the next sentence after he's like looking at me like, you know, jaw open, like what? You know, I was, ex- this is not what I was expecting. I'm like the only person, not person, but the only thing, not a thing. I, don't, I was just like, Jesus is the only mm-hmm. person, man, God, that can be enough in your life that will never let you down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, everyone else will let you down period at some point they might not be trying to i don't try to let people down yeah but i know i let people down for sure you know but and i just was trying to explain that to him and um i was just being honest yeah because i'm not going to be enough for a a person Mm -hmm. and i shouldn't be like that's i can't yeah i can't do it you know and so i was just you know i just telling that story because it's not this topic isn't just marriage related it's relationship related yeah right you know it's it doesn't matter it could be a friend of yours a guy that's seeking help a woman that's seeking help someone that's just desperate for you know not to feel alone 
right? To have that, you know, connection, which we all need. We all need that relationship, relationship, relate, relational, relational connection. <clears throat> Gosh, you. I know, man, this is going to be I, rough. I was like, I was like, I'm pretty, I mean, we may have shared that story just in the last couple of weeks, but somebody else can just get it again. Did you see? I, that's the problem, <laughs> right? You could have cut me off. No, it's a good story and but, it relates to what we're talking about. Yeah. I just, you know, trying to bring it all around, bring it all around. I mean, you know, when, when a spouse gets, you know, betrayed, uh, I don't know how many times we coach and this question comes up to me, like what, why, why did you do it? What was she not doing that made you do this? What, you know, what was, and there's, I've never, I don't have an answer. There was no why, like, okay, you can say, oh, well, we weren't having enough sex. Well, it's all relative, mm-hmm. right? And that's an easy, I would venture to say that majority of the time, that is a, a worthless comment to make, mm-hmm. that, that that's not true. Majority of the time. There are times when that is true, but there's more to that, right? Mm-hmm. The majority of the time I would say that is not true. People just throw that out as like, oh, well, that's why, you know, he or she drove me to pornography or he or she yeah. drove me into the arms of another person because, you know, we there was we, a lack in this yeah, area. Because I'd always try to initiate and she's always saying no or vice versa. And I think there are points where that is the case, but overall that's not the case. And so people ask me that question that I don't have a hard answer. The answer now, right. Is really, I was trying to fill a void, but I wasn't hanging my hat on my spouse. Like I wasn't like you can fill that void. Mm-hmm. I never thought that I never there was no conscious decision saying like my wife isn't feeling filling this void that I have. So I have to go find it somewhere else that there was never a conscious decision in my life mm-hmm. that I did that. But subconsciously I was a hundred percent trying to fill a void that I didn't even know was there. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't rooted and grounded in my relationship with Christ. I wasn't reading the Bible daily. I wasn't praying daily. And so, yeah, you know, there was, there was a hole there. There was opportunity. Yeah, there was absolutely opportunity. Yeah. And I think it's so good to recognize that we need to be so careful about the opportunities that we allow, you know, and, and I think you talking about that, the level of, so often we get that question of why we, we always give this, this analogy of basically we've never heard a why that justifies the action when it comes to no. To ultimate, like the betrayal, which is what we often are dealing with. No, and that always makes me so mad because it doesn't make me mad. It's human, right? You you need to know why, Mm -hmm. right? The the betrayed, even the betrayer, right? They need to have a why. There needs to be this why. This is this is what happened. I don't want it to happen again. So if this can never happen, then I will never go back to what I did or I will never be pushed away from my spouse again, but this is the why. So we're going to squash that and it never happens and you can get deep and I'm probably going to be stepping on toes right now because you can Mm -hmm. get real deep and philosophical like, well, no, I did find my why and this was what it was. And you know, and then it's like, or you're not truly being truthful to yourself if you can't find a why, which that's no, no. Like for me, Speaking for me, my why, there was not this like one singular why, and there's not multiple whys. It literally, I I feel it was a, for sure, like me trying to fill a gap that I didn't even know was there. And it was just doing that. Like, there's no big, you know, there's no neat bow why. Yeah. Right? Like I can't wrap a bow around this neat little why and hand it to you and go, this is why I did this. Well, and I think the reason why we so desperately want the why packaged prettily, prettily is because when we feel like we know what the why is, we feel an element of now Control. I can avoid that. Right? Yeah. Now that, okay, so that's the why. And then I'm going to exactly. eliminate that reason to, to go that direction again. And so it creates that, 
you know, artificial really, but Mm -hmm. you know, this level of, of safety and feeling like you have a why that helps you to feel like you can avoid that area altogether. There's whys of, you know, there's many whys, obviously, you know, why the person has a, you know, the way, the the way they treat their spouse or the personality they have and all these Mm -hmm. things like there are, there are whys. Yeah. But none of those whys, and this is what I think you're getting at too, none of those whys justify walking away from your spouse. Yeah. None of them. Like, oh, I fell out of love. Oh, I, you know, whatever it is. Like, none of them justify you walking away from your spouse, right? You didn't, it's not a contractual obligation when you get married, shouldn't be it shouldn't be it's not i mean well no true marriage is not a contractual obligation like that is not a business deal if you do this then we'll stay together right that's not that's not a business deal this isn't something where you sign on the dotted line you know i listened today to this uh this this guy on on instagram i think it was like someone was doing one of those remixes right and um it was so cool what this guy said and I don't know if he's faith based. I don't even know his name. <laughs> Shocker, Brad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, bro. If you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, but he said this. He goes, you know, everyone thinks that getting married is the finish line, right? And if you think about it, right, it's like this huge celebration. This, you know, I say I do. Like I I've chased. I found the one. Right. We ended up getting married. Like we're engagement and planned this big party. Had this huge marriage. You know. Uh, ceremony all these things right and then it was like okay we're done like that's it we're married now happily ever after yeah and he's like that's everyone says that's the big that's the finish line you've gotten married you're done and he's like that's just the beginning of a marathon that doesn't end until you die that makes marriage sound so appealing. <laughs> no, it makes it. It's it amazing. Yeah, but it's amazing, and I loved it because I was like, "No, that's amazing." Because the love, if you really love your spouse, like really, it's not contractual love. That's that's what he's getting at. This isn't done. I'm going to work at this. I'm going to honor my spouse. I'm going to lift them up. I'm going to do. I get to do all these things. Until I take my last breath. Like, that's what I get to do. Yeah. It's not the... the not the have to get to. I got married and now it's done. I get to go like, we're going to go get a house and work and then I'm done. I'm done. We got married. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I know. I don't have to pursue anymore. I don't it's have It's just to. the beginning. I was thinking about this on the way to work as far as like, on the way home. As far as that, I was really thinking about it and... You know, everyone's always like, well, it, you get to do all these things. Like I get to provide for my family, right? I get to go to work. I don't, I don't look at it as like, I have to go to the office. I have to clock in. Like how, how gross is that life? Right. I get to do this because I get to provide for my family. I get to feed them. I get to take them out. I get to nurture them. I get to guide them. I get to lead them. Like I get to come home and have fun with them, even though I'm tired. It's not an obligation. The things I do for my kids aren't out of obligation. It's these things I get to do. But I think it's it's interesting that you're saying that because I do think that a lot of people find themselves in that place of obligation Absolutely. instead of um, that distinct shift in perspective that says that it is an honor that this is this role that you've been given Mm -hmm. and this role is worthy of of constant pursuit to be the best that you can be and i think that you can really shift your mindset with marriage right it's not it's just the beginning of a lifelong amazing beautifully you know, beautiful commitment that's mm-hmm. messy at times. And that's just, it's marriage. It's awesome. Well, right? you think about it in the same analogy that you said but, this marathon, right. Mm-hmm. And that can get pretty tiring yeah. at times. But <laughs> what I'm getting at is like, if you, if you can change your mindset into all these get to's 
you're realizing that I'm not trying to be enough for my family. Yeah. I'm not trying to be enough of a dad to my kids because guess what? I will let them down. And in their eyes, I've probably let them down a lot more than I think I have. I hope not, but it's probably happened, right? I've probably let you down more than I think I have. And again, I hope not, but I know it's happened. But I'm not trying to be enough. Those things I'm trying to do is because I get to do them because God's given me you guys. Mm. Right? God's given me this marriage. God's given me all these things. So I get to do this stuff. I'm not, again, trying to like, you know, work myself to death to be enough for my family. Because I can walk with Christ and know I'm not enough for them. And they know I'm not enough for them. And they're all walking with Christ too. And they know that he's enough for them. Like, you know how this works? This is just like yeah. a, a cyclical thing that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But once your whole family gets on it, if you don't have kids, you and your spouse understand this, all of a sudden there's so much pressure that comes away. Yeah. Like there's so much burden that comes lifting off your shoulders because you're realizing, well, I can never be enough for my spouse. So I get to do these things. I'm going to nurture her. I'm going to lift her up. I'm going to support her. I'm going to praise her. Yeah. I'm going to do all these things, but knowing that I can't be enough. So I just need to lead her to the one that is enough for her. That's so powerful. And, and I think it's such a powerful statement that you just said, like you're leading me, you're leading your family to the one that is enough. And if we start having these conversations in our family and in, in your, your intricate relationships, your spouse, if, if you start having these kind of conversations, it, it is freeing and it does help for both of you to recognize that there is this lack you are not meant to fill. Yeah. And it is freeing and it is a powerful thing for you to know that I am not enough, but I know who is, right? I know who is. And if you're constantly pointing that direction, then things began to just revolutionize the way that you mm-hmm. think and the way and the way that you behave. And, you know, even like you said, the way that you look at your role um, yeah. in your life, it just all changes when we start to recognize that it is not me who is enough, but he is. I'm not meant to be enough for you. And I understand the heart's cry behind that question. I totally mm-hmm. do, especially when, I mean, the very first thing that I wrote in my journal when when everything happened mm-hmm. and I opened this book was I wanted to be chosen by you. Like, yeah. I just wanted you to choose me. And in that was this cry of, like, I wanted to be enough for you to choose me. Like, that mm-hmm. was the very real and raw reality of the emotions that I was just yeah. wrestling through. And not that that is a bad thing to be no. chosen by your spouse. No, absolutely not. It's just the the realization as especially when people are working on the road to reconciliation. This is a piece of the puzzle that continues to be something that can hinder you from healing because you're constantly trying to figure out what this lack was and then trying to figure out how you can, can how you can be enough. Mhm. And then that just puts you in a really bad mindset because if your spouse then is having a bad day, which happens, right? Like yeah, it, happens. it just happens. Yeah. That's life. All of a sudden you're wondering, what am I not doing? Well, yeah. Oh no. Is this, a, and you start to, to just live your life kind of in an mm-hmm. eggshell pattern. And then you're not being who God created you to be no. in your life or in your marriage. So I, I just think it, it's a great, thing to know and to have conversations about and to acknowledge and then to literally live that out with one another. You know, this, um, so, you know, being on this, coming back from this trip and, um, amazing trip, but coming back from the trip and my sleep cycles, like all goofy. So last night, Lisa woke me up a couple times, but then I was just up and, as soon as I woke up, and this is the coolest thing about about being about the longing to always be in tune with God's will for your life, or Jesus, you know, praying and all these things, right? So I woke up and this this thing popped in my head, and I I didn't want to wake up enough to write it down because I'm like, well, nah, I think I could get some more sleep. I don't know what time it is, you know. 
whatever. So I just kept saying it over and over and over again because I'm like, I don't want to forget this. Does that actually wake you up more? No, not for me. I mean, you woke me up already. So I knew you were awake. So I didn't want to light my phone up to write a note. (laughs) And then you're like, you know, like the, the, I know guys know, uh, they're like the sigh. The sigh. Is that, that what I sound like? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so angry right now. <laughs> but anyway, I, I said it a few times in my head over and over and over and over again. And then, you know, started to doze off and then got woke up again. And so I was like, ah, I'm just going to get up. And so then when I got up, I wrote it down. But I had, you know, I didn't want to forget. But anyway, I, there's no other place that this came from other than, you know, God just like, hey, you know. This is what I, I want you to know, like understand this. And I don't know who needs to hear this. Maybe I need to hear that. I'm not sure. But I, I did do a little video, so I'm sure it's going to show up on like Instagram, you know, because Lisa was like, you should do a reel about this. I was like, oh, okay, cool. But anyway, with this whole thing of not being enough, I, I think it goes, it goes really well with this mm-hmm. because you're not getting the right why. You're not getting... You don't feel like you're enough. You don't feel like you're chosen. So how can you move forward? Right? Like how can I, I mean, we're, we are coaching couples that are in this process of, you know, some are just like, they just get stuck in this Mm -hmm. one spot. Right. And they can't move forward because they're waiting for something. Yeah. Right. And I feel that this is what it is. So this is what, you know, came, that's why I repeat it over and over again. If you're waiting to be perfect, you're not going to do it, right? You're not, whatever the it is, mm-hmm. you're not going to move forward. If you're waiting to be perfect, you're not yeah. going to do it. If you're waiting for someone to tell you you're perfect, you're not going to mm-hmm. do it. Like those two things, because it's never going to happen. You're never going to be perfect. Newsflash. What? Right? You're never going to be perfect. <laughs> but when Jesus tells you to move, Right when he's telling you to do these things, you do them because he makes it perfect. Mm-hmm. Right, and it resonated with me so much in the sense of, I mean, it resonates with me on so many levels because everyone knows that's listened to this podcast for more than five minutes. <laughs> I <laughs> hopefully they have. No, I have insecurities. I have all these things, you know, and and you always get these ideas in your head of like, I, if I can just get to here, then everything's going to be great. There's never just get to here. You never get there. And I have to tell myself that all the time. But um, this resonates with me on so many levels, but I really look at when we started the the road of reconciliation, the long road, Mm -hmm. like we don't hold any punches when we talk to people. We're like, this is a long road. We hope the duration is, is is compressed for you because we're going to give you our you know what we went through in our experiences but really it's just a long road to mm-hmm. rebuild trust and do all these things and i think about you know waiting to be perfect enough to, to make it happen waiting for someone to say okay you're good now you can make this happen and that didn't happen with us mm-hmm. because it couldn't there was so many things i'm still not perfect I'm never going to be perfect. You perfect, boo. <laughs> well, I'm still not perfect. And you imagine if I if we were both just waiting yeah, for us to be like, okay, well, oh, I hear this so many times. Oh, well, we separated because we need to work on each other, on ourselves first, and Dang then, <laughs> and then we're going to come back together. It's going to be perfect, and then we can work on work as a merit as a couple. Now, I'm like, what? You're moving out so you can work on yourself. You're separating yourself. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And look, I'm not a counselor. So if counselor's listening, he's like, well, no, that's what you should do. Uh, listen, I don't have to go to school for however many years to tell you that's a dumb idea. <laughs> Brad's just throwing it right. down right now. Somebody's listening right now like, oh my gosh, that's what my spouse just did. <sighs> yeah. Well, it's a stupid idea. And I would tell that spouse, male or female. Like you're making a very poor decision, very poor decision. Cause what do you hope to accomplish? Mm-hmm. You can't work on yourself in the same house as your spouse. Like what the reality it, is, right. You should always be working on yourself. Like that's the absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, you can't do that. You need yeah. to be alone. 
to work on it. Like, I don't understand. It, it makes no sense to me. And there's I a lot of things that don't make sense in this whole. In this whole thing. But I could not imagine if we started to, you know, go down this road. If it was like, well, you know what? I'm going to get an apartment because, you know, I, I need to clean up myself first before I can step foot back in the house and like figure this out. But that wouldn't have gone over well. One, yeah. it wouldn't have gone over well. Two, I don't know if we'd be here. Mm. I like, mean, it's, it's such an interesting thing because it's like we were separated for so many months. But so, I wasn't working on myself during those things. But you were working on things. yourself. And so I wasn't. Once, right. And so whenever yeah. we made the decision that we did want to reconcile, that was mm. a pretty immediate decision that you were coming home. Because that's how it has to be. That's what, you know. I mean, it, that's just what it has to be like. What's the goal? The goal is I wanted our marriage to figure this out. Jesus met me, right? Gave me gave me my choice. And, and in that moment, understanding that that's all I needed, mm-hmm. right? That's my enough mm-hmm. was on the side of the road. That's all I needed. Now, I wanted to save my marriage. I wanted to have a home again. I wanted to have, you know, kids that weren't living in a single parent home. Like I wanted to do all these things. That's what I wanted. But in that moment on the side of the road, that's when I knew Jesus is all I need and he's enough for me. Mm. Whatever happens from this point on is consequences that I have to deal with. But if I don't have a marriage, I made that choice already, right? I made that earthly choice already when I decided to walk out and do all these things. So if I don't have a marriage, that's going to, I'm going to be devastated. That's not what I want. But at the same time, like I was already like, okay, Jesus has me now, Mm. right? It is a weird place to be in because I want my marriage. I wanted all that, but I I knew that if they didn't happen, I wasn't lost. Well, can I just say it's interesting that you say this because I feel like if a couple really, truly, if both of them get to that place, Mm -hmm. that's where you really get to see God do unbelievable things. Yeah. Because God had to do that same kind of wrecking in my own life where it was like that, you know, we often talk about that Mm -hmm. surrender process, right? But like regardless of what the outcome of this marriage is, I have you, right? Like, yeah. the, like I have you and I'm going to take you through it. And it's so powerful to know. And I like to do this, you know, I like to twist things on you <laughs> without telling you okay. just to throw things out. But, you know, I think we've initially just talked about that longing to be enough on the betrayed side mm-hmm. of like longing, like what, why, why was I not enough for you? Why did you do this? But I think there is another side of that coin where, where then for the betrayer is trying to be enough to then facilitate healing to yeah. then become this level of assurance, mm-hmm. you know, like then you're in like have this huge role to play of, of, like really trying to show your spouse that they are enough Mm -hmm. while still trying to live in a way of saying, okay, but God is enough. And it it really is like an intense role to play during that time. Yeah. Any thoughts, any wisdom? I know. I thought there was going to be a question mark at the end of that because you were like, I want to twist this up. Well, because I, I think it's important to kind of address both sides of what that might look like because I think oftentimes it's difficult for someone whichever role you're playing in there it's hard Mm -hmm. to see the other person's perspective yeah so the the betrayer Mm -hmm. the short answer is just suck it up and do what you have to do right if you if you you know and and don't expect pity or a pat on the back like oh you're doing a great job i mean i don't that's really what it is there was a there wasn't a tug of war. It was literally in my walk with Christ, I knew Christ was enough for me. I don't think I ever thought like, you know, I'm not enough for Lisa. 
I never thought that. Mm-hmm. I just was like, no, I need to be not need to be enough. I need to show Lisa that I'm in this, mm. that there's no, you know, I'm not doing anything else. Like I don't No alternative. No alternatives. Like I'm in this. And that was through a lot of reassurance. That was through a lot of, um, you know, dying to self, I guess. Actions, I didn't even lots of really, you know, I didn't really like sit there and go, okay, well today I'm going to, you know, not be selfish and make sure I die to myself today so I could show Lisa that. <laughs> I know. like the Popeye arm thing that's yeah, happening here I, while you're saying that. I never, you know, that was not a thought that went through my head. The thought that went through my head was, no, I need to show Lisa wh- where I'm really at. It's not an act. This mm-hmm. is how I do it. And if I have to, if I have to jump through hoops, then I'm going to jump through the hoops. Yeah. If I have to tell her a hundred times that I love her, I'm going to tell her a hundred times I love her. Like whatever I have to do, I'm going to do it. If I need to text her and tell her every little thing I'm doing, then I'm going to do it. And if you're sitting there as a betrayer and you're like, well, no, I don't think that's right. No, that's not fair. Hey, you're right. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's also not fair that you walked out on your spouse, right? That's not fair either. So yeah, you're right. Is it, is it fair? No, it's not fair. Mm-mm. Does she have to, or he have to tell you everything they're doing? No. Mm-mm. But when Lisa would ask me, I need this from you. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Like I didn't tell Lisa, well, okay, but I need you to mm-hmm. No, There wasn't. And I wasn't walking around like a beat dog. I wasn't like, Oh, I'm never going to have freedom. Like I didn't think anything like that. It was like, no, this, what's my end goal is to reconcile this marriage and see where it can go. And on the other side of that, I would, I would say, neither one of us wanted to stay in that place any longer than we needed to. No. So we didn't go into that with like, okay, this is, this is going to be like, you're going to have to do dun, 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 yeah. for the rest of our lives. No. And we, we had to learn a lot of things the hard way clearly. And like, we've talked about a lot of the things that we developed actually just became a part of our, of who we are, a part of our lives, yeah. how we live our lives. Right. But Knowing that at some stage of the game, the betrayed, there is a level of ownership over whether or not you guys do move forward and whether or not you guys do navigate healing. Because if you're going to stay just in that zone, always of trying to get your spouse to prove to you that you are enough, you guys are, you guys are going to stay, stay, you know, just in that, Mm. that, um, a bad cycle with each other. Oh yeah. You, there's no way our, our healing would have moved forward unless you allowed it. That's basically what it boils down to. You know, of course, God has total control, you know, over our what we wanted to do. Like we, we were giving control over to him, like this is what we need to do. But if the betrayed spouse is not wanting to move forward to healing, even though you would talk to them and say like, you know, they would say, no, I want to move forward. Mm. Well, your actions don't say that though, because you're trying to make your, your the betrayer pay mm. and you're trying to make them be enough. Now you're trying to make them do all these things when in reality, it's never going to happen. It'll never be. It, There's not enough happen. hoops to jump through to make that happen. There's not. So if, if at one point you're like, well, we need to move on from healing. Like we need to move on to heal. Then there's going to have to be some stuff that's not fair on both sides. Mm -hmm. It's not fair. Well, it's not fair. Well, but what do you want? Do you want to just stay in this, you know, in this perpetual cycle of, of not healing? Yeah. I mean, I think two things we've learned. There is never a why that justifies Mm -mm. the action. There can be whys, but there's, never justifies the action. And then the reality that there is never a, a payment that can be made that mm-hmm. makes up for it. And so it, it's important for for someone to know that it's when you choose to move forward, you do have to choose to move forward. I mean, it goes into everything like that little, you know, those three sentences that popped in my head at night was, why are you waiting 
Like, are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you can move on healing? Mm -hmm. Then that's what I'm getting at. That's the essence of that whole, you know, not Bradism because I just thought of it like while I was dreaming, I guess like, you know, this is a hundred percent. I just thought of it when my wife woke me up when she thought I was snoring. <laughs> yeah, it clearly yeah. wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So, but this is something that I feel that Jesus gave me yeah. to, to really talk about. And that's the essence of it is like, if, if, okay, in our, in our lives, right. I move back in, we start to reconcile at, at some point during that you had to just trust in what Jesus was saying. Just trust in it. Mm-hmm. Like knowing he's not perfect. Brad's not perfect. He's still messing up. He's trying to do this. All these things. So I'm just going to wait until he gets all this right. I'm going to wait till he checks all the boxes and gets a hundred percent before we can move on to the next step, whatever that next step is. Right. Like it, it, we would have still been stuck there. Mm-hmm. So at some point you had to fully just say, okay, God, well, you want this to happen. I don't know how it's happening, but you want this to happen. So I need to move forward as well. And that's, if Jesus tells you to do it, he's going to make it perfect. Right. And Grant, like, I'm not saying our marriage is perfect. And not, yeah, and like, clearly we're humans. We're not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm saying is he can take all this brokenness on yes. both sides because both sides are broken. Mm-hmm. He can take all this brokenness on both sides and go, okay, you, you can you can walk in healing. Yeah. You don't have to stay right here and wait. It's the whole adage of going to church. Why aren't you going to church yet? Well, because I'm waiting to to get to a certain level before I, mean, I can go to church. Get my life together and then I'll Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get my life together and then go to church. What? Why? Why are you waiting? Yeah. You're never going to be perfect enough to go to church. I'm waiting to go to the gym till I lose five pounds. Yeah. Like, wait, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> go. Right? It's the same thing, you know. People that are waiting to get married. Well, I'm waiting to get married. I'm waiting to get married. You know, for what? Yeah. What are you waiting for? To have enough money? Yeah, you never have enough money. To get waiting enough to find out if they're perfect? They're not perfect. perfect. (laughs) You're going to be waiting a long time. And now the person's probably going to leave and go do something else. Mm -hmm. Right. Waiting to have kids. Right. But waiting to have kids. It's, I mean, yes, there are times where you wait. I know that, but usually those times aren't someone squirreling away a bunch of money. Yeah. So they can afford a a kid. Yeah. Yeah. There's never a point where it's like, all right, we made it to this top thing. Now it's time to start popping kids out. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Everyone was like, that's not how it works. Yeah. But I don't, I mean, it just, that whole little saying is, it's, it's really, really saying you're not enough to move forward. But if God's telling you to move forward, he'll make everything enough. Mm. That's really what that whole thing is saying. Right. Yeah. 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 And it is such a powerful thing to know. I mean, I think, there were a couple of things that really helped me to know like that I wasn't enough and it was okay. And, and it was the reality of knowing that Jesus had me no matter what. And I yeah. really had learned to trust that. And I also knew Jesus revealed things. Yeah. And so he let me rest in a lot of those things. And I learned to rest in those things because they will drive you crazy. If you stay in those places, it will, it will literally drive you to places in your brain that you do not want to stay in and it and it ultimately does not bring both of you where you need to go and at some point there is that recognition that the level of how far you move forward is contingent on you Mm -hmm. and that is also not fair no and marriage is is not fair how many times have we told people (laughs) sitting across from them like it's not fair no you know, and you get the scorecard out, you start going back and forth on that scorecard, and you're both going to be miserable. Yes, 100%. You're both going to be miserable. You're both not going to move on from healing or healing more. You're not going to have the marriage that you, you know you want. Yeah, and you start viewing your spouse through a negative lens, right? Yeah. How are you going to fail me now? 
Would oh, it, yeah. You know, and as soon as you start, like, living in yeah. that space. And on a side note on that, you know what's, what really annoys me? <laughs> to tell. <laughs> you no, know, because you're kind of hitting on it, right? Like, how you view your spouse. Guys, if you're out with your friends or you're at work and you bring up your spouse, how do you bring them up? Mm-hmm. Right? Not complaining about it. I'm not necessarily saying that. But how do you bring them up? Do you bring them up by name? Or do you say my wife? This is the one I hate the most. The wife. Because when I hear that, it's a negative connotation. They might not be saying negative after that. But really, deep down, like I'll, I'll go all philosophical. I'm deep down, it feels negative mm-hmm. to me. And I feel that they they have a negative aspect to that right oh the wife Mm. does she have a name like you chose her (laughs) right call her by her name or you can say my wife Mm -hmm. like just a simple change yeah right the wife (laughs) it sounds so you know obligatory right Mm. like just like oh well you know the old wife the wife well, the wife won't let me, the wife, that it just annoys me so much. I heard that a lot. I've heard that a lot. And it, it gets to me because I'm like, man, are you even hearing what you're saying? Yeah. Like, And and it's so, so interesting, right? Because culture pres- presents a view of marriage that makes it seem like it is like the ball and chain type of yeah, thing. Like, that's what you're you supposed get married, to say. And I guess this is like your responsibilities now. And there's, this is the person who's now going to hold you back in your life versus the recognition, like who you choose to marry is mm-hmm. man. That is the person that helps propel you forward. Yeah. That's the person that's holding your hand and, and you guys are, are making a way together and together you're meant to be more together. Mm. You're meant to, to make waves in this world versus yeah. like just sitting there going like, okay, well I guess that person's going to just hold me back from all my dreams and you know, no, like just, getting out there doing whatever I want with everyone. Yeah. It's like, no, no, it's supposed to. Yeah. I mean, it's your spouse. It's amazing. And getting, getting in your head that you're not enough, understanding that, that your spouse isn't enough. You're not enough for your spouse. Your spouse is enough to you. And both of you pursuing Christ in that way, mm-hmm. knowing that he's enough for both of you and he's enough for you to have this amazing marriage that like last episode, that's a dangerous marriage. Mm-hmm. That's a marriage that propels you to something that you wouldn't even realize that you were going to do. I always go to like what we're doing right now. You know, this ministry that God gave us, I would have never thought we were going to do this. Me neither. Never. Mm-mm. Like this wasn't in the plans, right? This not was in not in ours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was never something that I would have been like, oh, you know, this is what we're doing. I mean, you know, my trip just recently, I was in Bulgaria, which is super cool, and and uh, you know, I talked about you know unrelenting pursuit over there. That's not why I went. Wait, aren't you supposed to give a shout out? I am. I am supposed to give a shout out. So I went there, but I tied, I was like, Hey, you know, in conversation, I'm like, well, I have a podcast, like my wife and I, I didn't say the wife and I, I'm glad you did it. Yeah. <laughs> I should have looked at some, I didn't say the wife. and I. I said, my wife and I have a podcast and well, what's it about? It's not anything about what I do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> so don't expect anything crazy. And I was like, it's just, it's a marriage podcast. You know, and I started talking about it and, um, and then the next day, like a couple of those dudes listened to it. I, I was like, that's cool. I'm like, I hope you didn't start episode one. Oh, I know. Right. It, it's I don't like, even know. I don't know. Like, like, start episode 80. Yeah. <laughs> it took us 80. It took us 80. <laughs> <laughs> took us 80 sessions. Honestly, the, the stuff that no. we had before was good, but no, it's no, like no, where no. we get our well, story. Well, 100%. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so, um, so yeah, we have a fan now in Bulgaria. Hmm. So uh, if he's listening, Vlad. Uh, I'm not going to say his whole name, yeah, but, wise. <laughs> yeah. but we do have a fan in Bulgaria. So shout out to Bulgaria. Super cool. Um, but it was just neat being able to share that, you know, and like them listening mm-hmm. to it, you know, and, uh, I would have never thought that we would have done this, but God is enough for me and is enough for you. And together he's like pushing us to do so much more than we ever thought we could do. Right. Cause there are times like it's right now, perfection, right? Yes, yeah. it is. And this is a great example right now. 
I am foggy and tired and I've tried to fight it. And it's just, this is part of traveling that much, right? That far. I'm foggy and tired and I, I got to do this recording today. I wanted to do this recording today and it is only (laughs) the only reason I'm this coherent Mm -hmm. is because of God period. Because he's again, like I said, when I woke up, Jesus, when Jesus tells you to move and you do it, when Jesus tells you to do it and you do it, he makes it perfect. Mm. I know this podcast isn't perfect. <laughs> this episode's probably not perfect. <laughs> I get that. But he gives you the strength to do the things. Yeah, it's his perfection we lean into. Yeah. In our weaknesses, it's his strength. Absolutely. So understanding, I guess your takeaways, right? You're not enough for your spouse. You can, my goal is to try to be enough in the essence of like, I want to, you know, support my spouse. I want to love on on her. I want to lift her up. I want to do all these things, but I know I'm not trying to be enough for you, if that makes sense. Right. And so I know that. And you're not enough to heal me. No, there's no way. Right. So God is enough. Christ is enough. Like, look to Jesus on what you need to do. And if you're a guy, lead your family to who's enough. Mm. And you're going to see amazing. I can guarantee you will see amazing things in your life. Not that there won't be hiccups, bumps, you know. Setbacks. Setbacks, rough times, you know, times where you really need to lean on Jesus, figure out, like, I don't know what's going to happen next. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's amazing things that can happen. When you see that and you can guarantee it because God's taking care of you. Like you can see it. Yeah. Okay. So challenge. I don't even know. I mean, to me, it is that kind of self-evaluation challenge is Mm -hmm. just that aspect of trying to look at it. Have I been expecting my spouse to be enough for me in an area where they shouldn't be? Or am I really looking at myself as not feeling enough for my spouse and recognizing that that's not a role that I'm, that I'm meant to take either. Mm -mm. Both of those things hinder you guys from moving forward, hinder you guys from growth. And ultimately our God is a jealous God and he wants you to look to him. He wants to be the, the, the priority in your life. And so that is why you have that space that can't be filled by anything other than him. So, There you go. Go to him. Absolutely. Okay. See you next week.